Hey, Monster Baiters, this is Matt. We want to thank Nick Calavera again for making us an awesome t-shirt, which is available now on our Teespring store. Along with other apparel, you'll be hard-pressed to explain to strangers. And thanks also to all of you who have left us awesome reviews on Apple Podcasts. You make us feel loved and empower us to keep doing what we do. In other words, you're to blame for everything you're about to hear. Welcome to Monster Porn, weird fiction and horror podcast. The podcast built from the stone that the Tumblr rejected. Today's story is Return to Burnwood by Matt Cummins. This story is a standalone story written in the same universe as Two-Sided Sarah. So if your interest is peaked at the end of the story, check out episode three for more. Now enjoy the show. This is day three of looking for Brett. The last person to have seen him was the blind woman who lives in the shack by the cemetery. Just to make sure she was blind, I acted like I was going to throw a cup of water in her face, but she didn't so much as flinch. Saw him yesterday, the old crone told me. Wait, you say that you saw him? I said. That's all I could think to say. Yep, I see him every Tuesday, but this week he came for a potion. Are you a witch? I asked anticipating the breadiness of the situation. Are you blind? Uh, if I, if I were, how, how would you... You dumb too, boy? Spit it out! Perplexed, I decided to give her the ultimate test. I dropped Trow and did the helicopter. Her cataract-covered eyes didn't so much as flinch. I even got a few inches off the ground, I think. I gave him some NyQuil and sent him on his merry way. Uh, Oh, Uh, uh, okay, Uh, thank you? You're welcome. And the next time you come around, please keep your pants on. I left the house feeling like the world's biggest pervert and royally confused to boot. Old blind Betty. In the shack next to the cemetery. That's what everyone has called her my entire life. How is she even alive? She was like 90 when I was a little kid. I mumbled to myself as I walked aimlessly into the cemetery. Brett wouldn't take NyQuil, I thought. He'd snuff some moldy growth off the left testicle of a yak if one of his books said that it was a shamanistic remedy for a common cold, but he'd never take something that they sold in the pharmacy section of Walmart. I went to the elk statue that we have in our cemetery, and I was contemplating how odd and out of place it looked. Then I turned, and I stumbled into an open hole in the ground. The casket had been lowered, and the lid was open. I fell into the strangely open arms of a corpse, and everything went black. This is the story I dreamt in the arms of a dead stranger. I double-dog 
Dude, maybe even Triple Dog dare you to go in there, Cat said. No way, not, not by myself, are you crazy? Evan said. He didn't believe the stories, but now that he saw the place, he found himself backpedaling as he looked up at the house. It's like that documentary, you know, the one where they tell you what it'd be like if humans disappeared and nature took back over? Cat said as Evan stood with his mouth open. There is literally no way to get in there, he said. Yeah, there is. See that window on the side? The branches coming out from there go straight up. We can crawl under the branches and go in. You've never gone in there before, Evan said, looking at her with disbelief. Not yet. Come on, don't be a puss-puss, Cat said and started up the steps. The lawn was massively overgrown, and what had once been a sidewalk was just chunks of concrete sticking up like distorted piano keys between roots that stuck up from the ground. They were outside of town at the abandoned subdivision by the entrance of the Burnwood Heights walking path. Just a few years ago, this had been a thriving new subdivision, but then after the housing market had collapsed, the financial ripples finally hit Burnwood and a few of the local mines shut down. The new subdivisions became foreclosure ghost towns. Sunset View Terrace was the first and worst subdivision to get hit. Within a year, it was completely empty, and though the houses were cheap enough, too many people had left the area for it to matter. How did it get like this? Evan asked, even though he'd probably heard the story before. It was foreclosed, Kat said. Then one day, a realtor went to show it, and when they opened the door, they found the inside was full of roots. They went up onto the deck, which could be any other deck in the subdivision, of what Evan's father called new track homes, but this house, just this house, was being overgrown. So fucking weird, Kat said. This whole subdivision is fucked. Apparently they found that the roots from this place had pushed all of the other foundations in. No one will touch these properties. That, and then there was that whole, like, murder thing. And we're about to go into the house where it happened? <laughs> you first, Evan said, pushing a curtain aside and hanging it onto a thorny branch. I may be Cat, but you're the Puss Puss, Cat said as she climbed in through the window swiftly and landed silently inside. Evan fell in clumsily behind her, banging his knee on a large root of some kind. I am never committing any crimes with you, she said. Dude, we're, we're committing a crime right now, Evan replied. Oh yeah, Cat smirked. Did you bring it? Yeah, but I'd rather have bought a flashlight or something, Evan said as he pulled a small oil lantern out of his backpack and lit it with a match. It's scarier with an oil lamp, homie. There's nothing spooky about a flashlight, Cat said, and Evan could tell she was excited. He always felt himself encouraged by her excitement, and though it had never happened, the big it, that is, her excitement had led to a little friendly fooling around, and Evan was always in pursuit of that end. They never talked about it, though, and Kat made it clear that they were not a thing, just friends. Evan was cool with it. They both liked other people who didn't like them back. Kat was right. The oil lantern had been much, much creepier. The light flickered and shadows danced off of branches, brambles, and roots, giving even the few untouched walls, teeth, and claws that flickered and disappeared. A chill ran down Evan's spine. 
good call on the candle or lantern, he said to sound cool. But he wanted to GTFO and big time. This is why we do it, he thought, and then remembered all of their other excursions into the night. Horror junkies, he whispered. Getting that fix, she said. It was their little joke that horror stories and movies had been a gateway drug. They had plans to be paranormal investigators someday when they could afford more than the stock recording equipment on their iPhones. They didn't really care whether or not they could prove anything. It was the thrill-seeking. Let's go this way, Evan said and pointed towards a stairway that wound upward. They went slowly. Even the stairs were uneven, having been pushed aside by branches and roots. There were vines wrapping the spindles, and though they were far away from the windows, the stalks were still green and the flowers were bright purple, as though they were growing in open daylight. At the top of the stairs, there was a large reddish root that looked oily, like a giant slug. The rest of the landing was clear, but the master suite was very different. It looked ghoulish in the dancing light. The bed looked as though it had grown into the floor. The carpet looked as though it were somehow feeding the roots. They grew into the floor, and the mounds of fiber were woven into them. It made Evan think about a special he'd seen on TV where some chick had gotten so fat she couldn't get off of her couch. Her skin grew into the fabric, and after they had removed her from the house with a forklift, they had to cut the cushions off of her. This was kind of like that, but instead of a fat chick, it was a bed that looked like it had birthed one of those aliens from the movies. There was something broken in the center of the bed. It was a deep jade color with jagged edges. The surface was smooth as glass, but on the bottom, some deep oil-like substance pooled. It looks like a dragon's egg, Evan thought. But this egg also looked a little bit more like a flower. There were tangled roots stretching out across the bed and large leaves growing from around the base of the object. Is that like a, a metal flower? Kat said all of her usual sass missing. She's scared, Evan thought. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh... Fucked? Yeah. Let's go. Done. The two of them left the room, and Evan thought he could see a trail of something like footprints and scratches where an object had been dragged. Cat led them into the next bedroom. Something horrible and fucked up happened here. She said, yeah, was all Evan could say. This house is condemned, but it's not empty, you know? Yeah, he said stupidly again. Evan could feel it, though. Oh, it's, it's hot in here, you know? Yeah, it's like a greenhouse, Kat said, even though it's like way cold outside. Yeah, it's nuts, Evan agreed. When he'd come through the window, fear had ran its fingers up and down his spine. But that thrill came with the sneaking every time. Now, Evan felt as though eyes were on him. In the next room, they found those eyes. The door opened and light reflected off of a hundred small glass-like eyeballs that glowed green and orange. Oh, Evan said, his legs feeling weak and his heart pounding. 
He suddenly felt lightheaded, and his feet felt heavy. This is beyond fucked, Kat said, but her voice belied her calm facade. Thank God she is scared too, Evan thought. It's like some kind of... Is that, is that like some kind of fruit? Kat asked as she set the lantern down on the table. Is it, is it made of glass? Evan asked. No, but the surface is so smooth it looks like it, she said. Here, she said as she plucked one of the fruit from the thick bush-like plants they grew off of. Plants that were so black in the candlelight that it appeared as though she had plucked the fruit from thin air. She handed it to him, and there was a thumping noise from the other room. Evan's breath caught in his chest, and Kat squeaked. She looked at him, horrified. There was a scratching noise that grew louder and closer, and then a, and then a squeak. A small gray rat ran by the door and down the steps. Kat looked at him, shaking, and then began to laugh. He laughed too, and he put his arm around her. She fell into his embrace, and he felt himself grow hard. He could tell where this was going, but not here, he told himself. Not with all of those eyes. He broke away from her and said, Let's get out of here. He looked at the fruit in his hands and then tossed it away. This is truly a haunted house, he said. And Cat, who was now holding his hand and lightly stroking his arm, wasn't looking at the eyes but at him. Oh shit, he thought. Oh, the things I'll do for love. Then he felt as though he'd been punched in the stomach. It was only a thought, but the cat was finally out of the bag, internally at least. Deep down, he knew he loved her, but he had never let himself admit it. Cat was sexy with her short blonde hair and big green eyes. She had a great body, even though no one else seemed to notice the way he did. Just the year before, she'd been awkward, with big braces and glasses to match. In the past six months, she'd gotten contacts, and her braces removed, and her acne had completely cleared up. She cut her hair short and styled it in a spiky way. Some of the jocks had noticed her, but she wasn't cool yet, so they just joked about her being some kind of lesbian. Evan caught them looking at her, and he knew that it was just a matter of time before the right guy went for her. Then he'd be on the outs. And he was pretty good with girls for a computer guy. His talent on guitar helped, but he'd spent so much time with Cat, other girls just didn't pay attention to him anymore. Or maybe they did but he just didn't want their attention. She slid her hand into his waistband. Oh, she's never been that forward before, he thought. Not, not even close. He wanted to follow her lead, but there was just something about those glass-like eyeballs flickering in the light that filled him with terror. Uh, did you hear that? He asked, looking towards the door. What? Cat said, stepping towards him and starting to push her fingers down towards his retreating cock. I, I swear I just heard that rat shriek, like it was dying. <sighs> Once again, Evan, don't be a puss-puss. You can touch one, though, if you want to, she said as she took his non-fruit-bearing hand and pressed it between her legs. His legs went numb again, and he felt himself swell. He turned, and she rose up on her toes to kiss him. Then she screamed as all of the fruit fell to the ground with solid thuds. 
Oh, what the fuck, he shouted. Oh, shit, she said. And though she looked scared, she still looked excited. She is a fucking junkie, he thought. Being scared gets her all hot. Evan took her hand and started pulling her towards the door, when all of the fruit slowly began rolling towards them. Evan picked up the lantern and thrust it out towards the fruit. They were still and silent, but their stems stuck in the air like large cockroach antenna. Evan felt something tickle his arm. Cat, not now, he said. What? She replied. Stop tickling me, he said as he stared at the fruit on the floor. I'm not doing anything, she cried. He looked at his hand where he held the fruit. Its stem was touching his arm like a probing insect. He broke out in goose flesh, and the stem sensed it and stood straight up, and then the fruit exploded into shiny, metallic dust. Evan slapped at the air, sending swirls of green metallic dust across the room. Cat screamed. Oh God, don't, don't breathe, Evan yelled as he turned with her to run. The small glass-like balls followed. As they ran down the hall, he could hear them rolling. They ran down the stairs, and as they went, he felt one of the steps shift under his foot. Cat was in front of him. She started to fall, but he steadied her. They went more slowly now, and Evan could feel the roots shifting under the stairs. Then he heard the first fruit fall down the stairs behind them, and then another. Then suddenly it sounded as though twenty glass basketballs were pouring out of the room and down the stairs. Evan pushed Cat so that she fell, but only for the last few steps. He stumbled and then tried to stand at the bottom of the steps, but he stepped on one of the fruits. It exploded as the rest came bouncing down. Some exploded before they even hit the bottom. It was hard to tell what was happening in the dark. The lantern had flickered out in the hallway above them. Cat was pulling at him. Evan could taste something like mold in his mouth. In the park next to the Burnwood walking path, the two of them sat. Evan had come so close to pissing himself that he felt ashamed even though he hadn't actually done it. Cat was leaning her head on his shoulder. That was... She started. Fucking real, Evan said. Yeah, she said. They could still see the house, but it looked as dead and quiet under the streetlight as the rest of the subdivision appeared. From where they sat, they could barely see the branches coming from the windows. Cat started giggling and started rubbing her hand across Evan's chest. He was terrified of his breath, but when she kissed him, he found that she tasted like mold too. A few minutes later, she took his virginity in the open night air. Look at that, Officer Desario said as their patrol car pulled to a stop. The officers were responding to some strange calls from the night before. They had traced the cell phones to this area. On the side of the road next to the old park, there was a strange bush growing. It was a large mound, and there were shining fruits budding on it. 
Never seen anything like that, Officer Rent said. Yeah, Officer Desario looked sideways at the misshapen lumps beneath the branches, if you can call them that. It was almost as though it wasn't a bush. It looked fuzzy and stringy, like, like mold. But then there were the vines and the obvious buds on them. Probably just a couple of stupid kids making prank calls, he said, but as they drove away, he noticed that the bush had the strangest shape. Nearly like two people, if they had been making love. Here comes, here comes, here comes. Oh, why did I have to go and try to find Brett? I could have just gone and seen a movie. A nice holiday film. And now I'm burning a pile of clothes that smell like I cuddled with dead people because... Oh, God, I cuddled with dead people. Brett's apartment is still empty. Wait. Brett? Oh, my God, he's, he's dead. This whole time, Brett has been rotting in the middle of his floor. No, this can't be. Oh, God, I'll miss his smarmy voice and the insufferable, awkward, and creepy things he says. And his barbecue. (laughs) Pretty delicious barbecue. Oh, God, how will I do the podcast without... (laughs) Matt, what seems to be lacking in your constitution? In which humor are you deficient? Brett? Where did... Where did you... Why did you... Who... who, Who's this dead motherfucker on the floor then? He's... Oh, God, Brett, Brett, he's you! Oh, he's just some doppelganger. He became... problematic. Where the hell have you been? (laughs) Oh, I've just been a bit under the weather. I took the yak sack potion from the blind sorceress by the barrel ground and crashed for a few days. Did you say that you ate his barbecue? Monster Porn Podcast is a production of Warped Box Media. Today's story was Return to Burnwood by Matt Cummins. Music by me. And I'm going back to bed.
We hope you enjoyed this fantastic episode of Monster Porn. Cummins. Cummins everywhere. If you enjoyed this episode, first, re-examine your life principles, and second, please rate and review on iTunes. It only takes a minute. Next week, in a special bonus episode, Monster Porn is proud to present new writing from Byron F. McBride and Amberly Griffin. If you, too, would like to join the ranks of talented and weird monster porn collaborators such as these, we are still open for bonus episode submissions. See our website for details. Until next time, stay weird and Godspeed, strange cowboy. This is the story I dreamt in the arms of a dead stranger. Most goth thing Matt will ever say in his life. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Evan said, looking at her with disbelief. Not yet. Come on, don't be a puss puss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you laughed at that. Right, I was trying so hard not to because I'm like, who, who even says that? Like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he said so well. Getting that fix, she said. It was their little jork. <laughs> He's got a little jork. He can't help it, all right? He's just a tiny little jork. Some people are born that way. Uh, some. <laughs> what? Cat said, stepping towards him and starting to push her fingers down towards his retreating cock. <laughs> retreat, retreat, everyone fall back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you too would like to join the ranks of talented and weird monster porn collaborators such as these. <laughs> you almost made it. Where do we start there? Collaborators.